Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Noel Meehan and Emer Connery from the Chagas Water Quality Team identify key areas in farmyards and land that are vulnerable to nutrient loss and identify mitigation strategies to prevent such loss. I suppose I would start with the Water Framework Directive, which is a, an EU piece of legislation which uh, tasks all EU members with having uh, water quality at good status by 2027. And I suppose just to put good status in context, um, we're all familiar with, with uh, four and five star hotels. So uh, good status is, is, is four or five star uh, water quality is what we need, good status or high status. So that's where the target is. And that's, that's, that's what drives all the, the water quality um, legislation and work that's going on in Ireland. Uh, so I suppose each country can do, uh, can come up with their own plan as to, as to how to do that. So the current plan is the, the second river basin management plan. And within that, um, you know, it sets out the parameters how Ireland will, will uh, achieve or attain good status. And I suppose uh, the second river basin management plan took a, is a lot different to the first one uh, in that, you know, they've moved away from the kind of the regulatory approach to the one size fits all approach where, you know, one set of regulations are blanket across the whole country to, to a more collaborative, uh, engaging with the stakeholders approach. And also trying to um, identify, you know, the appropriate measure, the right measure and put it in the right place, you know, because what works in one place won't work in another. Uh, so it's much more, much more nuanced, much more um, practical approach to trying to improve water quality. And I suppose um, the reason why I'm saying this is, is because the second river basin manager plan, part of the strategy was to uh, establish two, uh, two bodies. One is, is, is the local authorities waters program. Uh, Law Pro, and the other was was the Agricultural Sustainability Support and Advisory Program, or ASAP for short, uh, which is which is where I work uh, with Chagaskin. And I suppose that the, the reason for for the, those two bodies was to implement this on the ground in specific catchments around the country, or priority areas for actions are called, where where um, where this the Law Pro would uh, do some work on the. Uh, catchment science side of things, basically I, uh, assessing the streams and assessing the rivers and, and trying to identify what's impacted them, what, what's the pressure on them. And if it's an agricultural in, uh, pressure that's, that's uh, impacting the water quality, well then that is handed over to the advisory service to uh, engage with the farmers in the area of the river, uh, assess their farms, try and identify if there's any issues impacting water quality, uh, Come up with a plan with the farmer. You know, it's it's, it's a voluntary program. It's it's a confidential program. So you know, th- this is very much you know with the with the farmer's help and so the farmer support, and you know that we would develop a plan uh, to try and identify the measures and come up with uh, mitigation actions that would improve water quality. And I suppose you know going back to the collaborative uh, part of it, you know we're working very closely with Law Pro. We're also working very closely with the. Dairy, uh, the dairy co-op. So the dairy co-ops are providing advisors uh, to work with their clients, and uh, Chagas is is working with with uh, non-dairy clients in, in the asset program. And, and you mentioned Noel that um, you know f- what you're looking at is to have all of your waters in the good to high water status um, in terms of quality. 
where do you see water quality at across the country? And I guess you mentioned catchment. So is is there a variation across the country? Yes. Um, so I suppose that what, uh, what kind of benchmarks where water quality is, is the EPA uh, bring out water quality reports every three years. And the most recent one was brought out in 2019. That covers the period from 2013 to 2018. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, very in-depth reports, but basically the message from it is, is that over the past number of years, water quality has been declining, um, you know, slightly year on year, nothing too dramatic, but it, it has been declining. And I suppose this way I can kind of put into context is, is that the water quality is in around uh, 53% of our surface, of our rivers and streams are at good water quality or high water quality, that's broadly similar to what it was back in 95, 97 area, you know, very similar. So, you know, in the intervening time, there's been a lot of money spent in by farmers and, you know, investing in facilities, investing in in tanks and so on. And, you know, also with, uh, you know, uh, Irish water now putting in for sewage treatment works and so on. And despite all that effort, water quality really hasn't improved. It improved for a while, it has gone back again, and, you know, we have to look at what the reasons for that is, you know. And from an agricultural perspective, Noel, is that, um, I suppose, stabilisation, re- um, you know, regardless of the investment made and a disimprovement in some instance, is that, um, you know, coming directly from agriculture or are there, are there other uh, I suppose pollutants or um, enterprise enterprises that are having a negative effect on water quality. Yeah, of course, that's a good question. Um, you know, you have agriculture, you have forestry, you have peat, you have um, hydromorphology, which is basically straightening and deepening and and works that you do in a in a river. Uh, you know, you have wastewater treatment plants, septic tanks, industry, you have all these things that are causing an impact on water quality, all these human activities. But I suppose the one that is impacting the most out there is agriculture. And I suppose, you know, that's because agriculture is the main land use in the country and it is having an impact. And it's impacting by diffuse losses mainly. So diffuse losses are losses of of nutrient or, or pesticides or things like that at a farm or a field scale, you know, Whereas, you know, people are probably more familiar with the point source losses, which would be your, your you know, your, your discharge from a farmyard that would be directly getting into a stream. So what we're finding is it's, it's more around the diffuse losses. And, and that is very much dependent on the part of the country that you're in. So in certain parts of the country, you have a diffuse nitrogen loss uh, issue, and that would be very much in the free draining uh, more intensive areas of agriculture, which would be, you know, corresponding to, you know, the, the, the across the south and southeast where, where you'd have the more free draining land. And then on the other side, you would have maybe phosphorus and sediment and, and maybe pesticide losses in, in the heavier, poorer draining land, you know, along, you know, maybe from the Midwest up to uh, Loud, Mead, Cavan, that kind of area, and over obviously into the West as well, where you'd have the higher rainfall and heavier soil. So the problems are different in different parts of the country, um, but make, you know, th- there's no doubt about that, that it's impacted. Uh, across all parts of the country, um, you know, from from the Connemara to Donegal to, you know, Wexford to, to Kerry and Cork, you know, so everywhere in between there's, there's areas where that are being impacted and, you know, agriculture is having an impact in those areas, I'm afraid. 
And to you, Emer, you're on the ground as an ASAP advisor. And, you know, Noel has explained that, you know, farmers are volunteering to, um, I suppose, work with you and assess their farm, develop a plan, um, you know, in terms of how they can mitigate against vulnerabilities in their system. From your perspective, getting out onto farms, um, what exactly are you seeing as potential areas that are vulnerable to, I guess, losses of, you know, nitrogen, phosphorus, sediment that Noel spoke about? Um, yeah, so when we're out on farm, really what we're, we're looking at, it, it's varying from farm to farm, really, the issues we're finding. But initially, when we go out onto a farm, what we're trying to observe really um, and establish is where the nutrients and the sediment are being lost to the river network. So we're trying to identify these areas on farm and where the nutrient pathways are and how can we break them? What can we do to slow down the flow and break the pathway um, of the nutrients and sediment, leaving the farm at various points like diffuse um, issues across the farm and break that pathway from those nutrients and sediment getting into the river network. So we're trying to establish these uh, critical source areas on the farm and that's kind of critical for us going forward. Um, our farm assessment then, it will focus on three broad kind of areas. So we're looking at the farmyard and its management, the land and the riparian management and also then the nutrient management. So when we go into the farmyard, we're, we're looking uh, for things like soil water collection, uh, drain connections and diversion points you know, if they're not turned the right way, which can often happen and is easily overlooked, um, you know, just because of the busyness of the farm. Um, we're also looking at there where, you know, where nutrients are escaping into drains and particularly the drain leaving the farmyard. If there's dairy washings or, you know, a bit of uh, silage effluent, um, things like that seep from farmyard manure heaps, um, whereas where the kind of soil yards where there's a bit of seep getting from those into drains and leaving the yard, you know, so dairy washing, silage effluent are extremely polluting uh, material. So a tiny amount of those can have a really damaging effect on a river network. Um, there's also issues then around, around uh, storage and management of round bales and farmyard manure storage. So they'd be kind of a very general overview of the things in the farmyard. But once we're, we've gone through the farmyard with the farmer, we go on then and we walk the actual farm and the land. So we're looking at the land and riparian management. So what we're focusing on there really are, again, how would how are nutrients potentially being lost from the farm um, and getting into open drains, field drains, or otherwise down into groundwater, depending on your soil type and what part of the country you're in. So... Some of the issues there that we've come across would be field drains that have stone right to the surface. That's a direct pathway for nutrients there. Um, sacrifice paddocks, uh, cattle access points, rivers not being fenced, you know, buffer zones not being observed. Roadway runoff is, is one now that's, you know, has come into legislation this year. And um, that's quite a big issue as well. Drinking troughs, you know, where round feeders are placed on rocky outcrops as well. Again, you have a direct pathway there down into groundwater. So again, it's trying to identify these critical source areas out on the farm. So where you have kind of these hydrologically sensitive areas and a nutrient loading, um, and you have a delivery point then into a drain or into a stream or a river. Um, you know, so it's kind of a focused delivery pathway that, that we're trying to, um, 
to identify on the farm um, and trying to mitigate it then, you know, what can we do to break the pathway? And then we also look then at the nutrient management planning side of things. So just trying to identify mineral versus peat soils, um, you know, identifying where the water courses are on the farm and where the drains, um, you know, because the connectivity to the, to the river network is massive across, you know, farms in Ireland, you know, whether you're on free draining soil or whether you're on very heavy soil type, you know, the free draining soil type, you're very much connected to the groundwater, whereas on a heavier soil type, you have a lot of open drains and field drains. So again, your connectivity, even though you may not have a stream or river, you know, actually on your farm, you're still very much connected to it. So there is capacity really on every farm for nutrient loss. And I think really the issue for agriculture with water quality in Ireland is it's debt by a thousand cuts. So there's a little bit been lost from a lot of farms and that has a, you know, it has a large cumulative effect. Um, and I suppose the issue with water quality then, it takes such a, a tiny amount of phosphate to, to kind of negatively affect the, the river ecology and the water quality. You're talking a really tiny amount of phosphate that will bring the water quality from high down to good or from good down to moderate. So, you know, it's really tiny amounts. So we're trying to find the areas on each farm where these nutrients are potentially being lost and also sediment because sediment then carries with it an awful lot of nutrients, you know, nutrients bind to it. So sediment or soil really is, you know, often called the master pollutant because other pollutants bind to it. And um, sediment is having as much of a negative impact really, if not more than what we originally thought. So, you know, it's the three key things, nitrate, phosphate and sediment. Um, the pesticides and coliforms would also be looked at. They're more of an issue for for drinking water, but they would still form part of our um, farm visit. So, um, and, and so far farmers have been very positive towards us. You know, they've been very uh, receptive to the farm visits, uh, very obliging, and they're all very interested in what we're saying to them. Um, so I suppose what, what needs to kind of progress on from that now is probably the mitigation measures and, and seeing a lot more of those mitigation measures put in place on farms. And I guess, Emer, from what you've said, um, like you've really detailed exactly what you're looking at on farms. And I think it reflects a very holistic view and looking at every aspect of the farmyard and the land. And, you know, I thought it might be a silly question, but you've answered it for me. You know, I, I was thinking, you know, is is it a case that every farm does, um, you know, have some sort of um, losses of nutrients and, and, you know, can every farm contribute? And, and you've answered that question. But I guess to take that a step further, um, you know, from a farmer's perspective, if they're in a catchment area that has, um, you know, has reduced in water quality status from high to good or good to moderate, as, as you've mentioned earlier, you know, is there situations where a farmer can identify whether they like, you know, a particular farm is, um, I, I guess, lost, losing a lot of nutrients or, you know, is it just uh, that you're you're taking it a, across um, a river, a river flow that it's all farmers or can you identify, say, a, an offender within a group of farms? Yeah, so the, the catchment scientist teams that we work with in LawPro, 
they do detailed analysis of the river. So within a catchment that we're working in, um, they will work on the main channel, but they'll also work on the tributaries. And so if a tributary is showing signs of um, excess nutrients in it or excess sediment, um, then we will work, well, the catchment scientists will work back up that tributary to try and, uh, you know, narrow down the, the area that needs to be focused on. So you can, they, like, they can get to a stage where they will sample above and below different, different points in a tributary. And that will narrow the focus because we'll say above a certain point, you know, everything might be fine. And below a certain point, things are not uh, where they should be. So it can, certainly can be narrowed and focused. Um, but I think it's important for farmers to know that our work and the work of LAWPRO is non-regulatory and it, it's not, you know, there's no enforcement attached to it and it's completely voluntary. Um, so engagement with us is a positive thing. Hopefully people will see it that way. Like we're trying to help them to rectify the issues on their farm to try and get water quality better in your catchment. And I suppose if you have good water quality in your catchment, then that's a positive for farming in that area. Like the key message that we really want to get out to farmers is that like very simple measures on farm can make a big difference in terms of water quality. So simple changes to management practices um, and in particular, I'd say management and farmer kind of behavior or attitude towards water quality so that, you, you know, the, the shoulder periods of the year are extremely risky in terms of nutrient loss. So to try and avoid these times if possible, you know, the other thing we see a lot of is the buffer zones not being quite adhered to. So the five meter buffer zone for spreading slurry, <clears throat> that applies to drains as well as streams. So anything that can carry water, that buffer zone applies to it. Um, so there's things like, simple things like that, I suppose, that can be done. Uh, without any cost and they can have a big impact on water quality. And I think, Emer, from like what you've said, it's it's non-regulatory and it's it's about informing ourselves. And I think that's a really good point to make. And and one thing I've taken from, you know, what, what you've said about, you know, what you're looking at when you go out to farms, it's often a fresh pair of eyes or seeing things that may be a problem. But when you see them every day, you don't necessarily see the issue that's in front of you. I guess from a dairy perspective, Emer, um, can you identify the top mitigation strategies that you would see as easy wins for farmers? Like you mentioned, you know, things like the buffer zones, there's no, you know, extra cost to doing these things, you know, uh, doing them right as opposed to not doing them so right. But what to you are the top mitigation strategies that dairy farmers can adopt? Um, so I suppose it's about getting the right measure in the right place. Um, so if I start with the yard, the, I think I would always do is look at the drain that leaves the farmyard and identify, is there kind of excessive nutrients in that? So is there a bit of algal growth in it? And work your way back into the yard and see maybe there's a leaky pipe or maybe there's a diversion point that's not turned the right way. So in the yard that can often be the case and the farmer just may not have been aware just you know didn't have time to look or you know so that that has often happened um you know the correct storage of of nutrients obviously so when we're doing a farm visit we're not necessarily checking like surrey storage or anything like that because that's already there under cross compliance and under nitrates regulation so we're you know we're non-regulatory so we're looking at just how the nutrients are escaping um in terms of land management, then depending, I suppose, first where you are in the country, if you're in the south, the southeast of the country, on free draining soils, the source control of nitrogen then is, is a key is a key element. Um, 
So using the low emission slurry spreading, incorporation of clover, possibly multi-species swords, things like that to help, you know, reduce down the amount of chemical fertilizer that's being applied because in the, the EPA's report, um, the levels of nitrate in the south and southeast of the country are, you know, they're quite high. Um, so the reduction of chemical nitrogen um, per farm, you know, would have a, a very positive impact on water quality. And by using those new technologies, um, you should be able to see a reduction in the amount of chemical fertilizer that's being applied. Um, and then I suppose in the wetter kind of heavier soil types, it would be more things like breaking the pathway. So things that will slow the flow of water. So maybe a hedgerow, planting a new hedgerow in the correct location, um, kind of sediment ponds or sediment traps can often be very helpful and beneficial. Uh, riparian margins, so, you know, kind of woody, maybe planting of trees, woody material. At, at certain points, so where there is delivery of nutrients into the river, the kind of the location and planting of those um, trees is really critical. Um, so there's a lot of different things that can be done, but it really is very dependent on where you are in the country, the soil type that's there. Um, I suppose the stocking rate as well has, a, has another uh, factor to take into account. But um, <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of different um, mitigation measures that can be put in place to help prevent nutrient loss and sediment loss. And to you, Noel, um, you know, if, if we consider, you know, what what you've outlined from the outset and, you know, some of the experience that Emer has from, you know, being on farm and seeing exactly what is happening and I guess the, the various potential losses, um, you know, if we ignore water quality as a part of dairy production systems or, you know, the wider um, agricultural production systems, like, you know, and, and we're seeing that the trend for water quality declines, you know, what are the consequences of, of that for the industry? Yeah, um, look, I suppose it's, 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 I suppose we were talking about water quality, but I think, you know, there's also a focus on agriculture with regards to biodiversity and greenhouse gases, you know, so I think we have to take look at them all the one in, in the one um, kind of glaze or one, one gaze. Um, like, it's not going to go away. I suppose we, we've been talking about water quality for a long, long time. And, you know, we've tried various bits and pieces to try and improve water quality. And it hasn't just happened, you know, for, for a number of reasons. Um, and look, we're, we're, our understanding around how nutrients and sediment and phosphorus and, and, and pesticides are, are lost from farms has improved uh, significantly in the last two or three years from, from what the work the ASP has been doing in conjunction with Law Pro. Let's give us a better idea as, as to what's impacting on water quality. And I suppose, you know, this feeds in then into, you know, um, bigger policy I, I, items like, uh, you know, the, the nitrate derogation that's on review that's going on there now at the minute. And, you know, that is that is probably the, the chief um, mechanism for uh, regulating water quality in Ireland. You know, it, it, it's one of the major tools that's in the toolbox from a regulator's point of view. And that is probably, you know, there's a derogation there currently at the minute. I'm sure that, you know, the, the department, the EPA are looking very closely at that. And there may be impacts uh, in, uh, contained within the new derogation if we get a derogation. It is by no means guaranteed that we'll get one, but. Uh, I know the department are, are putting together the case to, so as that we would get one, you know. But look at the, the I think Emer made a very good point there, you know, there, there's lots of things that farmers can do within their control that won't cost 
you know, won't really cost them much money at all, you know, upfront investment. And that is around, um, you know, particularly for, for the uh, intensive dairy areas, uh, you know, how they use their nitrogen and, and needing to get that as efficiently as they can, particularly in that early spring, late, late autumn period of time, because that's, that's where, you know, you have uh, the lower growth rates, you have the higher rainfall, if you, if you have too much nitrogen out over and above grass growth rates, you know, there's, there's a potential for that, that nitrogen to get leached away in, in rainfall. You know, there's a lot of heavy rainfall there in, in the south of the country, you know, late February, um, you know, so that, that can leach away. And, and, you know, in one of the PAs that we're working in, there's um, on average a bag of can per acre being lost per year. Off, off, off the land in that, in that particular PAA in the south of the country. Uh, you know, so that's a quite a significant loss. Uh, so look, at, that is, is really, you know, it can impact on, on you know, regulation that's, going, that's, that's been planned. So we'd have to wait and see what happens in Louise. But uh, yeah, look, at it, it's, we need to try and, and do our best as farmers uh, to try and, and uh, limit the losses. And, and you know, I know, I know people are doing their best, but we, we have to try a little bit. Um, new ideas and new things that Emer spoke about will go a long way to help people. And, and I think, you know, from both of your perspectives, you know, some of the practices that you're talking about are going to lead to a reduction in costs, you know, particularly where you're going to increase the value of nitrogen using low emission slurry spreading or um, be it using, um, you know, including white clover, you know, reducing costs in terms of inputs of nitrogen fertilizer, but also then maximizing the use of the nitrogen products you have. Um, you know, we can maintain a, a lot of productivity while altering our system slightly. I guess, um, you know, tuning into the podcast today, uh, people might be aware this is part of the um, water quality week and there are additional podcasts available today the environment edge um, have a podcast on the topic of water quality and we will also hear from the beef edge on wednesday um, noel can you give us some insight into what else we can expect to see and hear um, during the water quality week yeah we, we've obviously with with the way covid is and and, and so on you know the traditional kind of events that chagas would do uh, or the runner this year so um i suppose just because water quality has become such a, a focus um, for uh, agricultural industry, we, we felt we should try and run a, a water quality week. So what we've done is, is we've, we've divided the week up into uh, various themes. Um, you know, on Monday, um, we were looking at, uh, you know, cash, water quality and cash from management and, and Law Pro will be front and centre there. They'll be talking about, you know, the, why water quality is important and, and, and how you'd assess water quality. Uh, Tuesday is, is, is looking at um, nitrogen and using the inputs efficiently and, and going through the things that uh, Emer would have mentioned there. Wednesday, the focus is on phosphorus and sediment loss and, and trying to break that pathway and, and you know, looking at critical source areas and uh, upper zones and uh, things like that. Uh, on Thursday, we're looking at um, you know, the losses or the impacts that pesticides can have. So you're looking at you know, sprays uh, in CPA and rushes and also, you know, sheep dip and, and, and foot baths and things like that can also impact on, on particularly on drinking, drinking water quality. Uh, on Friday, then we're looking at farmyards and, 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 and uh, how they are managed and, and the things to watch out for, as Emer would have outlined. And there's other bits and pieces thrown in there. We, we'd have some from some farmers on with farmer testimonials and we'd be looking at projects like the Pearl Mussel Project and, and wetlands for water and agroforestry 
you know, there are lots of little, bit, little different bits and pieces there that we'll be pushing out. And, and they're all going to be sent out through Chagas Digital Media, you know, your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, you know, short videos, and there'll be, you know, shorter articles just to give it a little bit of explanation around it. It'll be on Chagas Daily and the Chagas website. And, you know, if anybody wants to um, catch up on, on stuff, it'll all be on uh, www.chagas.ie forward slash water quality week. All right. So that's where you get it. If you Google that, you'll get all the information there. And and we'll attach that uh, link to the show notes. And look, I, I mean, you've outlined what what the um, Water Quality Week will entail. And I'm sure particular days will strike a note with farmers as to what they're interested in or what they need to brush up on. Um, we're looking forward to seeing what the week has in store. Thank you, Noel and Emer. Yeah, Thank thanks you. Thanks very much, Emer Louise. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Noel Meehan and Emer Connery for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.